happy Monday. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia from News Force San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio Spurs Zone. Glad to have you back. Uh, what better way to start a Monday than kind of come off what everybody was anticipating this past Sunday, yesterday. That was the first two episodes of The Last Dance. Yeah, I know you probably saw it. I know I did. I know our guests saw it. And it was, uh, well, full disclosure, this is recorded before episodes one and two. But nevertheless, it has been hyped up so much. It's at a fever pitch. And I think it begs the question, could the San Antonio Spurs 1999 squad have dethroned that Jordan Bulls team? Players uh, chimed in, yeah, from MLB to even an ex-teammate uh, of MJ and his thoughts about uh, the Spurs and maybe one Tim Duncan could have done versus the Chicago Bulls. You know, and I got to be honest here, this was not my idea for this episode of Lockdown Spurs. It was our guest idea. And you know him, you love him. He's Casey Vieira. He is back for round two. Casey, welcome oh, back. I'm flattered you, you, you introduced the segment like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> not appreciate a problem. That. All right, hey, this 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 was your brainchild, and I'm I'm glad you uh, presented it to me because, uh, one, it is uh, NBA season that looks like it's more than likely going to be killed. I know we got this is not the main topic of today's show, but I'm pretty sure you heard what happened uh, Friday last week. Uh, the NBA uh, commissioner Adam Silver pretty much did not officially say it's over, but what he wants to see happen before a resumption of play, he might as well say it's over. He wants a path to vaccine uh, already. Yeah, you know, enforce. He wants large scale testing. He wants the number of incidents to go down. He wants CDC guidelines. He's asking for a lot, uh, Casey. So I, I don't know when the NBC is even going to start. Now. A- asking for a lot. I feel like that's just the bare minimum. <laughs> well, as far as because <laughs> oh, like, how far how, how I, far I, are we away from a from a vaccine? I mean, like yeah. years away. I, I don't even know anymore, man. Yeah. This alternate universe. I don't even know with the season. But that said, though, I mean, the last time we had this goofy of a season was uh, 98, 99. Of course, yeah. the Spurs won. And kind of the hypothetical that we're posing right now from the standpoint of would they have won? Would they have sealed the deal if 98, mm-hmm. 99 was the first time we saw the Bulls? Well, I guess technically the second time we saw the right. Bulls without MJ and that, uh, that six ring Chicago era come to a close. Right. That answer, I'm not sure, but that's why uh, we talk about these things, right? <laughs> exactly, and and again, it is an NBA stopped season, so we need something to talk about here on Lockdown Spurs. <laughs> uh, look, as I said in the intro, Casey, everybody's been chiming in, not necessarily about Spurs, Bulls, or 99 Bulls versus MJ's Jordans, but just, you know, the Bulls themselves, you know, what they meant for the NBA, a six-peat, you know, Jordan being Jordan. Even Jordan said in interviews leading up to the series saying that, People are not going to like him anymore. Uh, they were going to get to see how he was a person with his teammates. You had guys like Scottie Pippen, uh, B.J. Armstrong, uh, Dennis Rodman, Horace Grant. The list goes on and on and on. When you look back at that Bulls dynasty, I mean, the greatest ever? Would you put him up there? Probably. I yeah. mean, you'd be you'd be certainly in basketball. I feel like at least more so, relatively speaking. I say modern day because. Uh, modern day, the best of the best, you know, the Celtics and the Bill yeah. Russell days. I mean, if you're going by the numbers from that standpoint, but then again, those Celtics teams, a level of competition, then comparatively speaking to the level of competition that the Jordan Bulls faced, both from a talent and actual 
team standpoint and traveling city to city and then NBA to the, mm-hmm. to what was the 90s NBA, a little bit different. But uh, yeah, for the sake of our lifetime, certainly so. And I, every time, you know, we, we see these juggernauts just stacked in today's game and it's always compared I know this wasn't the season, but the 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls, it kind of speaks right. to that. And years later, that's kind of the bar and, and deservingly so that it is the bar that's been set. And part of the reason you have a 10 part docuseries recorded basically, what, 25? How many years are we from 98? That's 22, mm-hmm. right? 22. Yep. Yeah. So for 22 years, they've had this footage in the can. And it kind of comes with the territory when you're uh, Michael Jordan and you're Scottie Pippen and you're Phil Jackson and you have the stories that they have. Yeah. Now, uh, since the docuseries focuses only on, I think, the 97-98 team, uh, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls, I think that was the last uh, hurrah that went 61-21, and 21, obviously won the title. So we're going to be using that roster um, for this episode of Lockdown Spurs and, of course, we will go with the Spurs because obviously they won the next title, which was the 98-99 season, uh-huh. uh, which was a certain season. All right. So when you look back at that roster, you know, we said kind of like the the highlight names, you know, um, MJ, obviously, uh, you know, Pip, Rodman, that Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. That's a familiar name here in San Antonio. Right. Uh, Robert Parrish was on that squad. As I mentioned, I, I think I don't think Grant was on that squad, was he? No, he was. Yeah, he, he was. No, gone. He was. He, yeah, he was they gone. Replaced okay. him with Rodman. It was uh, Harper there as well. Yeah. Bill Weddington, Luke Longley, all those guys. Yes, Jason, they had Jason Caffey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to think of names off the top of my head. I used to work in El Paso, and New Mexico State's right around the corner over there, 20, 30 minutes away, and the proud yeah. pride of New Mexico State is Randy Brown, of course. Of course, former, yes. Reserve, former reserve point guard, Chicago Bulls, great. So yeah, you know, and who else had that? Uh, Luke Longley was on that team. Uh, so they they had some they had some power hitters, they had some heavy hitters for that time. Uh, MJ, well, we know who MJ is. We don't have to go on to that. And look, their path to the NBA uh, title that season, as mentioned, they finished 61 and uh, 21. They swept the first round against the Nets 3 nothing. back when the first round was the best of five. And then they went on to face the Hornets. They went 4-1 and one versus Charlotte. Then they went on to the Eastern Conference Finals, took down Indiana in a tough series, Seven-game seven game series, series. Fantastic. yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. it was a great series, 4-3. to three. Then they took on a Jazz team that, at least that season, I believe they beat the Spurs in the opening <laughs> round. Or, second uh, round. Yeah, yeah, second beat round. Them in five. Beat them in five. And they would go on, they being the Bulls, beat uh, Utah in six games, 4-2, to two, for their last title in the Jordan era of Chicago. And then there is the Spurs. The following year, the Spurs uh, won their first title, their first of uh, five. That was uh, still a serviceable to uh, David Robinson. He was not past his prime yet, but he was obviously not the same D-Rob as we saw. Uh, Tim Duncan was starting to become the legit megastar that he was going to become. Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, Jerome Kersey, Mario Elie. Uh, uh, who am I missing here, uh, Casey? Uh, for 98 or 99? 99, yeah. Oh, well, there's Steve Kerr, of course. Exactly. That, that's 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 the big debate in the middle, even though Kerr's, I guess, moment wasn't for five years later or whatever it mm-hmm. was with the Spurs. But uh, 
what Kerr was there, Jaron, you say Jaron Jackson, Antonio Daniels. Yep. Yeah, Jaron guys. Jackson. Yep. Antonio. Sean Elliott. Yeah. Malik uh, Rose. Was, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, you look at the two teams, you know, their star power, uh, Robinson and Duncan and their star power. And I'm MGT, MJ and Pip. Uh, would you, you know, Harper, Harper was still Harper, right? He wasn't putting up the Clippers and Cavs numbers that he was doing, right? No, I mean, he was a ball player, though. He, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a veteran point guard on a veteran team, did the job. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, you're, you're always going to be not be in the limelight with the people in front of you there. But he obviously, I guess, held down the fort pretty well, considering, yep. <laughs> considering what they did. Yeah. And then there's Rodman, obviously, you know, the defensive guy, rebounder, uh, wild card in this debate. Uh, when you gloss over just quickly, what are your first thoughts about that 99 Spurs championship team? Well, we said right in the open, it was a strange season uh, with the 50-game lockout schedule. Looking at the numbers before we started this, Jeff, it, to think that they crammed 50 games from mm-hmm. February 5th to the end of the season is crazy to think that. In present day, no way that would fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, yeah, no exactly. Way. Well, and, I mean, I guess it kind of did when they played '66 from Christmas on. But e- either way, either way, I digress. Uh, I feel like something that's that was kind of lost a lot, and in recent years, kind of came back in the conversation again was the fact that that almost didn't happen. I mean, this almost mm-hmm. didn't happen. Greg Popovich almost was canned mid-season because mm-hmm. the Spurs did not get off to a good start that year. They chalk it up to one game in Houston where I think the Spurs were two games under 500, about 15 games mm-hmm. in they won, and it set off a stretch where they won 18 of 20 games and ultimately propelled them to arguably one of the greatest postseason runs, considering they went 14 and uh, 14, 16 and 2, only mm-hmm. lost two games en route to the NBA Finals. So a, a strange season in that regard obviously worked out well from the end result standpoint, but I think that's kind of what happens when you play a 50-game uh, calendar, nonetheless, right. either way. But I think there's always, at, at least for me, you always wonder what would have been had the, you know, the Jordan Bulls not been broken up the way they did, had Phil, that's what they're saying, that's that's what they're saying, Phil and uh, Jerry Krause, they had the conversation where Krause said, you can go 82-0 and and you're not coming back. Right. So, so, I mean, they knew a year out that this thing was done, but if it didn't, I mean, is this conversation still happening? How do they match up? And, and right. uh, the, those hypotheticals are, are fun to think about because Duncan was, you know, he was Duncan, but he's not the Timmy that we saw in the right. early 2000s, MVP Timmy. Rodman, uh, Rodman, he's, he, he was out there. He, he mm-hmm. did everything, everything he can to get up in your business. And, and I know Kurt Thomas hung tough in the playoffs for whatever he could against Duncan in 99, but... Kurt Thomas, no Dennis Rodman. Marcus Camby, mm-hmm. no Dennis Rodman. You know, uh, who am I forgetting? I mean, Larry Johnson. Larry, Larry Johnson. Would, yeah. yeah. LJ. I mean, LJ, you had a broke down Larry Johnson at that point with a bad back. So it, it was, it, you know, to think it, it, it's a different animal. Those, those Chicago Bulls coming in. It's fun to think about. Because that's a, a real kind of reality check for a second-year guy. Of course, Timmy is a different animal in his own right. Mm-hmm. But, 
a very fun hypothetical that can honestly go. We, I mean, we got a half hour to talk about this. We could go two and a half, three and a half hours trying to put all the pieces here. <laughs> You're right. Um, a quick correction, though, that 97 98 Bulls team actually finished 62 and 20, not 61 and 20. Oh, oh. Um, so. So, oh, only off by one. But nevertheless, right. they were a juggernaut of a team. Yeah, when I look at that 99 Spurs team, my first thought is just defense. That was the birth of that Popovich, nobody's going to score on us defensive mindset. Uh, they That 99 team just, I mean, if you scored on them, you either got lucky or uh, they had a lapse in defense because they were just shutting teams down. When you have the twin towers of Robinson and Duncan in the paint, that usually is going to happen, isn't it, uh, Casey? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think one thing you got to think about here, too, is this was 20-plus years ago now, and this was well before defensive metrics and all those sexy stats mm-hmm. that the average person they throw out there, but they couldn't calculate to save their lives. But, you know, there's still relatively notable stats, the defensive metrics and analytics and things like that. What could a, a Sean Elliott have done? Could he have slowed Mike down in some capacity, at least better than uh, Brian Russell at the end than, than uh, in his last run in, in Utah there? Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to see how, I always thought it'd be interesting to see how kind of the analytics of that uh, carried over, especially considering that was the birth of, you know, like you alluded to, the birth of the 20 years, the mm-hmm. identity, so to speak, of the San Antonio Spurs. That Fun was. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it was, uh, Elliot was no slouch as well on defense, you know, who wasn't the greatest, but he was pretty solid. And, of course, they had a guy like Mario Elliott. Mario Elliott got into opposing players' space. Back then, you could do that. It would not be a foul. Back then, you could hand check uh, to a certain degree. Uh, he was good at that. Uh, he was also good at the kiss of death. That being his signature shot, you know, if it was a game on the line and a big shot had to be made more than like a three, he would do that. Uh, he brought that energy, that that dog uh, to that 99 squad. And he got into the face of guys like Robinson, Robinson, and told him that he needs to man up. To me, uh, Casey, that's huge when you're putting this 99 team up against a 97, 98, basically just MJ on the squad. Yeah, MJ yeah. had that. And I right. think that's necessary. Right, yeah. For the sake of the conversation, we'll say it's basically the same roster that they're going in the following year. And you'll let them keep Steve Kerr. They had dibs on him anyways. And they trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Steve Kerr stays in Chicago. But yeah, it's those kind of guys. It's those kind of guys that's always, it's kind of like the the Lance Stevenson to LeBron stuff you Mm -hmm. see right now. And Ellie was that guy. And and to think that Ellie could have been that guy. You know, being that pain in the ass, uh, getting up in Jordan's business. He, you know, well, it was Bruce Bowen, not to the to the the caliber that Bruce Bowen right. was. I mean, Bruce Bowen's an all-world defensive uh, basketball player, but Ellie was a scrappy dude. Ellie was a scrappy dude, and and that would have been fun. Honestly, that that would have been fun to see these guys. Could they have contained Mike? Could Rodman and and Longley have they essentially contain Timmy and 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 admirable and admirable admirable admiral. <laughs> there we there go. go. There, there we go. They need an admirable effort to stop admiral. That's what I was trying to say. But but no, it, it's uh, it'd be fun. It'd certainly be fun. Yeah, and of course you know you got Will Purdue, uh, former former bull on that ninety nine team. I think that could have gone a long way uh, for the Spurs as far as game planning. And look. Uh, Popovich, 
Jackson, that was another birth of a rival. It wasn't as it wasn't as loud as maybe Spurs Lakers or Spurs Mavericks, but I always felt Popovich and Jackson they they kind of had a quiet rivalry with each other. Um, there is it, it, it would have been yeah, and it would have been interesting had they met if if Phil was mm-hmm. at some point or it say they did meet in. Uh, 97, 98, yeah. 98 when, when we're not necessarily playing a hypothetical, when right. the two teams were physically there and established, and it would, would have been Phil's last season against the Spurs, and it kind of would have been a prelude to what we saw for years and years and years in the, the Shaq yeah. and Kobe days, and all right. this would have been, it would have been, yeah, it would have been fitting. Yeah, and, and again, you know, you see that, uh, that dynamic between the two, I mean, there's a video of Pop, I, I don't think he's ever kind of shook hands with Phil. I think there was a video of that where he kind of ignored him more often than not after games. Uh, there was always that quiet rivalry because Phil at that time was the man in the coaching department, the coaching world. He was it. And then here's Popovich, who's just starting out, uh, who has himself, let's face it, a great dynamic duo of Robinson and Duncan starting to come into his own. Obviously, it came to a head out in the Laker rivalry with the Spurs, but that was the budding of Popovich. And let's not forget, too, that same season, correct me if I'm wrong, Casey. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not, but did it wasn't that 97 year also the I'm sorry, the 98 99 season where Pop took over as head coach, or was that before? Uh, I think that, that was, was before. Couple, that was that was uh, before a couple of years before, okay. Yeah. He, he was 90, he was the 20 win uh season, mm-hmm. uh, the, the year before Timmy got there, and that's when he jumped in, and then Timmy got there, and then they uh took off, they won. Those 56 games, I think it was 97-98. They won the 56 games, and then uh, 98-99 was another full season, obviously, the championship season. Yeah, and and my point is that he was still very young in his coaching Mm -hmm. uh, thing. And you have uh, Phil, who at that time, too, and even fast forward, but at least in that little realm that we're working in right now, going back in time, uh, Jackson had a huge coaching edge uh, in that stage over Pop. I mean, Pop, there were rumblings, too, that Pop may not even had his job that season. So uh, Pop was definitely on thin ice as far as the Spurs manager. But now we want to go apply the metrics as they use in today's NBA uh, back in 99 and 97 and 98. Um, You're looking at the Bulls. You know, we extrapolate what they would do now with the numbers. They had an offensive rating of 107.7 and a defensive rating of 99.8. Your thoughts, Casey? (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to think. Pop, pop, trying, pop hates analytics and the fancy numbers, so they make it sound like now. Could you imagine it first gets pitched to him 20 years ago? I, I guess that's, I don't know, 20 years ago is probably before yeah. he, he was holding down the weight that he has in, in 2020. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of it's rattled those off one more time. Sorry, yeah, no problem. I, I, got yeah. Lost in, I got lost in the hypothetical of thinking of a 20 year old yeah. pop. What what I oh yeah exactly what I'm trying to do right here just lay some sort of numbers some sort of numbers we can at least have something tangible to work with here again offensive rating for Chicago in ninety seven ninety eight was one hundred and seven point seven and their defensive rating was ninety nine point eight. Do you know where that stacked up in terms of the rest of the league? Yeah, um, they had they were they were the third uh, defensive rating uh, highest defensive rating third of twenty nine huh. And then uh, nine, uh, they were ninth in the NBA as far as offensive rating with 107.7. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Because yeah. I think what a lot of people forget, Scottie Pippen went MIA. He was hurt for a good portion of that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
busted his back up. I, right, yeah, at the start of the year, uh, he he missed some time. But mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting from that standpoint as well, because, uh, you know, so much of this has been the numbers with that and uh, been the numbers with Mike and everything along those lines, as it has always kind of been the the, the numbers with Mike and mm-hmm. everything along those aforementioned lines. But that Spurs team, you know, you, you kind of talk out loud, obviously, like we're doing. Uh, and you just kind of wonder what... even if they hadn't won that championship Mm -hmm. our hypothetical championship does kind of the and and i'm I'm, again i'm talking out loud so this is kind of uh going a little bit of a different direction here sure but do do you think that kind of has the impact on the city as it did comparatively speaking to when they won like is this kind of one of those deals where they get to the finals so is the city like uh all right yeah it was a good run we'll be back and or was it something like, would it be like we saw 98, 99, where everything took off from there? Wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, it would obviously be the interest, but yeah. of course. Yeah, there would be interest in it. If you're talking San Antonio, I think that that interest would be high. I think they'd definitely be honking their horns down Commerce Street, um, no matter what. I mean, you just look at how the city re- received the, the commanders when the uh-huh. AAF was there. And I think the city would still be jazzed up. Uh, uh, just a quick mention, in case for those interested in the Spurs' offensive and defensive rating numbers in the 98-99 season and route to the title, the Spurs had an offensive rating of 104, which was 11th in the league, and a defensive rating of, this is just incredible. I forgot how they, they just denied you to score. They only allowed 95 points per game. They were first in the league. Defensive rating of 95.0, 95 flat. In ninety eight, ninety nine. In ninety eight, ninety nine. Man, I I feel like that entire Nick series. I feel like because you know I'm I'm a Nick fan. I feel like yeah. every every one of those games. Off, and, and you'd have to look at the numbers, but every one of those games, the Knicks were struggling to crack like eighty five. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. In the the clincher in game five, uh, they were in the seventies. But wow, ninety five. I mean, that yeah. kind of you know that that speaks to what we've been saying forever now. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. You know, you, you get you get wrapped up in the numbers so much that you don't you, you hear the stats on on the news mm-hmm. or whatever it is. However many years or recording such and such feet. But then right. you sit down and you process it. And you're like, Jesus, how how the hell did they win 50 plus games for right <laughs> for 20? Well, what was what was the final tally? So I guess it would be from because if you throw ninety eight, ninety nine out the window, that would be from ninety nine, two thousand till mm-hmm. uh, sixteen, seventeen. No, seventeen, yeah. eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen, yes. Seventeen, eighteen. That was the last time they won, right? Fifty. So, yeah, you know, it, it's stuff like that. Where the numbers just don't sink in until you actually physically kind of run yeah. through the research and the stats. You're just holy cow. But yeah. Um, you know, hey, you know, and, you see that 95, it speaks to it. And and that run to the uh, Spurs uh, first title was just incredible. They had, even though they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves three games to one in that first round, that was a tough fought round. I think that was one of their toughest rounds they had to deal with because uh, that was a very young Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett and Marbury. And, whew, you know, that Minnesota team was scrappy and they got in a fight with the Spurs. I think Robinson had beef with the, with the Minnesota player. And then you, the, the, the famous scene of K 
KJ coming in, bopping Tim Duncan over the head uh, from the back. So they gave them as far as as far as far a rough time physically on the court. But the Spurs survived three games to one. The Spurs would then go on to sweep the Lakers. That's right. They handed the, the Lakers the final loss at the old forum in Inglewood. They shut the uh, that forum down. They swept Los Angeles four games to nothing. Then they go on to face the Portland Trailblazers. Obviously, that was the birth of the Memorial Day miracle with Sean Elliott. Swept the Blazers. 4-1, and then beat the Knicks in five games, 4-1. Talk about that run they had, Casey. Well, I, I think the numbers kind of speak to it himself, just like yeah. it's, uh, you know, again, it's another one of those things where uh, you, you just kind of appreciate it as time goes by, as as 20 years go by, as we are right, right now. And, uh, you know, you, you look at it more and more and it's kind of hard not to feel that way, but then, you know, more and more you think about it and it, it's you know kind of going back to the, our, the original theme of this program today is it makes it almost even more and more bittersweet from that standpoint that the, the bulls weren't the bulls in that championship year. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if the, if they were just, any semblance so it, it, if they and I, I know the Knicks had a fantastic run in, in mm-hmm. 98 99 but you know they they weren't that again John Snow Starks wasn't on that team but uh that's not the that's not the 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 Bulls that's not Mike so mm-hmm. Spurs went in the heavy favorites and you know they took care of business but that wouldn't be that way against a, uh that that Jordan Pippen team no. or, even if you know and we knew MJ and Phil were a package deal say Phil goes and and I don't know. I don't know if it would be. I guess it probably would have been Tim Floyd either way. By yeah. The way. By the way, the the early chatter had sounded like well, that would have been Tim Floyd regardless taking over that job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was still a good chance the Bulls would have been there and almost cut. It makes the hypothetical that much more fun, man, to think right. what it would have been like if if they were still together to take on uh, that first Spurs team. Well, those are the combatants in this hypothetical. Uh, NBA Finals, the 99 Spurs Championship squad versus the last Bulls uh, title winning team, which was the 97-98. When we get back, now we're going to look at the players and how does this all sort out what the Spurs have beaten Jordan's last championship squad. Find out. We are back, and I am joined by Casey Vieira. He is a sports reporter in San Antonio, and he is joining me on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Well, because one is pr- it's pretty much his idea, and I had to go with it because it was such a great idea. 99 Spurs championship winning team versus the 98 Chicago Bulls team that won a title led by MJ. All right, we set up the combatants in the first segment. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's Shall we just say... Huge edge Spurs, Tim Duncan and Robinson over whatever big the Bulls had. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Robinson over Longley, certainly. Um, Rodman, I think Rodman would, you know, be Rodman and be a pain against either yeah. one of those two. But then, you know, those are obviously the forever perk of having those two guys. Got Rodman on one, you have Robinson. <laughs> you have Rodman yeah. on Duncan, you have Robinson three on the other. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't think if the Bulls threw out Luke Longley, I think he would have done. He would have gotten into foul trouble. I see that happen. Yeah, I mean, fine. Throw out Jason Caffey. You know what's he going to do against TD and and Robinson? Uh, nothing really. Bill Wennington, no, no. 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 It was kind of no. one of those deals where you just throw it, 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 you just throw someone out there and kind of hope hope they can alter shots, hope they can kind of control the pace and get them out of their rhythm. But from a pure personnel name standpoint, talent standpoint, it yeah obviously goes without saying. Yeah. Here's something though: Do you think uh, Phil Jackson would have gone to hack a Duncan? Remember, Duncan wasn't the greatest free throw shooter in early in his career. I I think well. I think he would have put Rodman probably on Duncan. For sure. He would have put Rod I think he probably would have put Rodman on Duncan just from a pure psyche standpoint. You know, right. Duncan being in his first finals that young into his career, you know, nobody knows how he's going to show up uh, in, in that spotlight. I think Phil I'm, I can confidently not confident because who knows what's going on in Phil's mind, you know, he's somewhere else, but I feel is if I were Phil, I'll rephrase it that way. You probably put Rodman on Timmy, so mm-hmm. maybe you kind of go with that first. But then again, this was kind of the age before the whole hack, right? Shaq, it was. Duncan yeah. was. It wasn't until Shaq kind of made it trendy, and the oh, like the subsequent years later, the next two or three years later. Mm-hmm. But um, could it? You know, maybe hey, two three years down the road, yeah. I'd say definitely. I'd say yeah. definitely because that's when it became fun. But I think Rodman on Duncan would probably be the given right off the bat, just to get in his head. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up about the hack uh, fill in the blank, you know, player's name because yeah, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, but it was starting to find some sort of traction back then in the late '90s. Uh, Don Nelson went to that a lot. Uh, he was kind of the the guy who really started, and you would see he do that in Golden State with the Warriors or in Dallas with the Mavericks. He started doing that. And I, I, I would assume that Jackson could have thought, gone there or just thrown the occasional double or trip team at uh, t- uh, TD. I think he would have would have done that as well. But, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Rodman. I think Rodman would try to get under uh, TD's skin as much as he can, which goes to TD's uh, mental and basketball IQ. There's no way he's going to let Rodman get under his skin, is he? No, uh, I, I, yeah, I think Tim is just kind of his – like Phil is in his own world. Tim is kind of in his own world. Where mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it, he's just kind of you say whatever, and Tim's just uh, I mean he's not going to show you that he's hurt. Yeah, I mean, he could he could have been deeply offended by some of the things KG said, but from the outside he's like eh, whatever. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't care. You know, if you don't like me, sure, whatever. Just give me the ball. I'm going to bank it in from 15 feet, anyways. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, but but you know, Worm would have been like that up in his business too. Yep. Um, oh, for sure. Worm yeah. would have tried to done everything. I, he would get physical with him the way he got physical with Carl Malone, um, tripping him, trying to bump him, going up and down the court. Uh, I think Rodman would have done the same thing, but I think TD would not have been mentally in, in rattled. I think he'd be cool, calm, collected. Uh, he may, maybe he may bark at the refs a couple of times, but I don't see him getting out of his game. I think he would just go back to what is Tim Duncan on that low post or defensively. Now let's talk about the defensive end too. That's where I'm interested in. As much as we know what offensively David Robinson could have done and TD could have done, which, by the way, uh, 21 points per game from TD in that finals and uh, Robinson 16 points per game in the finals versus the Knicks. Defensively, I think defensively they would have been big problems for the Bulls. Well, well, certainly in the post. Yeah. Certainly in the post. But kind of just like everything else, I think it – 
foot with these Bulls teams, it it certainly would have limited the mid range game for Mike. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Having uh, whether it be Duncan pop out on on the the rotation and mm-hmm. having admirable admiral pop out on the other side of the rotation that's certainly going to limit that 15 to 20 foot range for mike to work which he did a lot of a lot of his work at that point um yeah i i think it would have been a problem would have been the end all be all and and maybe been a determining factor i don't know if i'm going to go as far to say that but it would have been a problem and honestly probably would have been the biggest problem that Mike and those Bulls had faced at that mm-hmm. point in terms defensively, schematics for the way he played the yeah. game. A lot of that back to the basket, turn, fade, up over in a guy's face. I'm not I'm not worried as a you know, with Elliot on him because no indictment on Sean, but Mike was yeah. was Mike. You know, he cooked everybody. So yeah. I'm not worried about that that man to man standpoint because that's just kind of comes with the territory of guarding Michael Jordan. I think kind of the bigger schematic theme was kind of preventing those shots from Mm -hmm. happening having you know those areas the double teams being more feasible to do that with uh, Tim and Mm -hmm. and Robinson being able to do that because that's the luxury that they had that one could pop out like that and then the other could be the safety net on the back end of that rotation Mm -hmm. so certainly I think they would oppose the defensive challenge uh, for for the Bulls that they had never seen before, kind of like they had just seen, uh, kind of like every other team had, mm-hmm. had not faced before with uh, these the the Duncan Robinson Spurs, right? And, and and here's things too, you know, little just a little things, you know, Robinson did team up with MJ for the Olympics, you mm-hmm. know, maybe there could have been some sort of insight that Robinson could have shared, like, hey, you know, I practiced with this guy, I noticed this, you know, there's that. In so the um, of documentaries, oh, that was a good documentary too. Yeah, it, re- was it really was. Doc- yeah, that was a very yeah. good documentary. Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, so obviously, huge edge uh, for the big man department. Spurs. Uh, all right. And by the way, speaking of big men, former bull and former teammate of MJ BJ Armstrong uh, did an interview with ESPN uh, last week Friday and did openly admit that if there was one player that could have given MJ and the Bulls. The biggest headaches, he said, it would have been Tim Duncan. Why? Because Tim Duncan, in his opinion, was almost a mirror image of MJ as far as where to find the shots, the spots on the court, and just that his overall game would have been an issue for uh, the Bulls. Uh, quickly, your thoughts on that, Casey. You think 99 Tim Duncan was as good as back end of the career Carmelo? Because if that, thinking off BJ Armstrong's comments like that, that would tell you that that would probably be the best player that Michael Jordan faced in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. theoretically. I, I, I mean, and he faced, of course, some between Malone and uh, Gary Payton and Barkley. But Magic, I'm thinking of Magic, Magic was on the back end of his run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these names just thinking off the top of my head. Uh, you might have you don't you don't really think about it, but Duncan might have might ninety nine dunk and maybe it's too early to say. Uh and, and maybe we're you know, we're San Antonio based, so we obviously think much higher right. than everywhere else. But would it? I I, I mean was I, 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 I think I think it's I think it's a defensive 
end where Duncan really would have outshined Malone. Uh, Maybe the, the best taller. defensive, the, the yeah. best defensive challenge. Well, because Gary yeah. Payton is spectacular too, but the biggest defensive, unique the, defensive challenge, I guess. Exactly, because in that little quick um, blurb that BJ uh, mentioned, he also threw in a uh, dream, Hakeem, as another big that could have caused issues for the Bulls. Yeah, but exactly. right away, yeah, he yeah, he brought up TD. You know, he kind of like you know, pushed away hot dream and just say, but you know what? It's still Tim Duncan because of what he did, could do offensively and defensively. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I think he would have been the better big that Jordan's bulls never faced before, or even over Malone because Malone, you know, didn't do it as great as Tim Duncan did on both ends of the court. You know, Malone could score. He was a bruiser. He was a beast and he was a good defensive player, but he wasn't a great defensive player like uh, TD. Uh, let's go ahead and now shift gears now and let's get, you know, kind of at the big elephant in the room. MJ, obviously, you know, huge edge to the Bulls. But do you discount uh, guys like Elliot, Antonio Daniels, maybe even Mario Ellie taking a stab at uh, trying to slow down MJ? Oh, I think it's exactly that. But it, it ends at that stab. OK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I, think it, I think it ends at that. The sentiment's good. The sentiment's good. Uh, you'll, you'll like the idea that they're attempting said stab at him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But honestly, it, it's again no indictment on Sean Elliott and Mario Elliott. Yeah. They, they, you know, they were what they were. They were solid foundational pieces on the on that '98-'99 team, and and years ahead more so for Elliott uh, uh, going forward. You know what they are. But it's just kind of like everyone else, man. You know, it's everyone else. It's everyone else trying to slow down, Mike. You, you just yep. kind of, you know, you do what you can. You hope for the best, and you hope at the end of the day you have more points on your side of the ledger than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to be more optimistic, but listen, I mean, it's Mike. <laughs> it's All it's right. Mike. It comes with the territory. But query. That, uh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. a, a quick query here. And I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, so pardon me. No, but no, no, you're good. Could, could have we have seen the birth of the beautiful game in 99 if Pop saw what he had to deal with. We saw what he had to do with the Heatles, with LeBron James, who many think that he could be, he ranks right up there with MJ, and Dwayne Wade and Bosh, and they took that squad, the Spurs squad, and just eviscerated that Miami Heat squad. Could have we seen the birth of the beautiful game in 99? Oh, dude, I, I mean, yeah, you could have, def- definitely, but, you know, us talking out loud about this, you could totally, from a, a culture kind of standpoint thing, mm-hmm. and, and building a foundation, oh, without a doubt, but then on the other, other side of the spectrum, say Mike goes out in 98-99, that last year they beat the Spurs in six games. Okay. And everything else kind of follows suit to what we have present day. Mm-hmm. Spurs, they don't have that championship culture. And yeah. Because the, the next couple of years, they're going right into Shaq and Kobe. Oh, and oh yeah. Kind of like Shaq and Kobe parts one, two, and three before they did mm-hmm. knock them off in uh, 2003. And the it, but in the uh, I was going to say the Brooklyn series, the New Jersey Nets series. Right. Uh, it, it's interesting. That's another kind of one of those hypotheticals that I know. It, yeah. I, I mean, say if Pop were to hit a, a rough patch like he did mm-hmm. in the following season, he didn't win a championship. They lost in six games to the Bulls and, and he hits a, a rough patch in that ninety nine. That 99-2000 where kind of same kind of deal where they're at 500, two games under. Does management see that? And they're like, you know what? We maxed out with this guy. Thanks. Let's see what Doc, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's see what Doc Rivers is doing right now. 
<laughs> that's it was doc rivers that was the rumor who was who right. they were replace him with right yeah exactly. yeah it was gonna be doc rivers right yeah so it, it's just some of just the alternate universes the the trickle down <laughs> effect of of what it the of what could have been if just right one decision's made here one decision's made there I, I, it's yeah, it's life and, but well, but that, it, it poses conversations in, in podcasts like this, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're here to do to try to look at every single nook, cranny, fold, bend, whatever we can see in this matchup, which brings us to Scotty Pippen. Um, again, we got Elliot on the roster, we have Kersey on the roster. Uh, poof, I guess Mario Elliot. I mean, I could definitely see him being like, I got a coach, I got it. You got Malik Rose. Um, how do you see them planning for a Pip? Uh, and it's uh, it, it it's certainly not Scottie Pippen, right? Of the years past, and I, I think Scottie Pippen, you know, we saw that in the 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 Portland Trailblazers with Scottie Pippen the year after was pretty good, and, and and he had a couple good years after that. But a lot of that cloak of wearing that Chicago Bulls red, it it made it it made you look a lot more intimidating at that point, at least kind of with Scottie Pippen than probably mm-hmm. with the actual you know, ability was left in the tank. Uh, Cause if you're going by, you know, we did see Scotty Pippen in 98, 99, and he was still a solid player, but it wasn't the Scotty Pippen that we had known of, of years past. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's, that's another kind of one of the alternate uh, alternate universe. We keep talking about those 98, 99. Are we going to get the trailblazer Scotty Pippen? We're going to see that one. I don't know. So if you, if you play off that kind of narrative, I would say, Hey, uh, you know, the Spurs are going to be a, a a pain for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Elliot, Ellie, these guys going to be a pain for Scotty and what he does. But mm-hmm. then again, you know, you say these kind of things and you say that he was banged up here and there. It's still Scotty Pippen. You know, yeah. it's still well, Scotty Pippen. He still finds a way to make it work like he did, uh, yeah. you know, the, a lot of the back end of his career. Well, that season he played 44 games. He averaged about 19 points per game in those 44. 44. Yeah. 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 Wow. And yeah. he was already that was his 10th season in the NBA. Yeah. So um, he was already getting up there. Um, six, eight long. Uh, he put his eight. body through hell, man. That year yeah. leading yeah. up to it, that, mm-hmm. that 96, 97 before 97, 98. Right. I mean, I, they don't. And I know charges aren't an official stat still today, but they keep track of them. I don't know. They, they probably could not have kept charge of that that number back mm-hmm. then. But if they did. I mean, he had to have been in the league lead at every. Uh, it felt like every game you were seeing that dude get trucked over you mm-hmm. know, once, twice. You know that happens once, twice. You're going down with the playoffs like eighty times, up to a hundred times, right on your mm-hmm. back, right on your tailbone, and right. you know, had them all kind of busted up by the end. I mean, I can't blame him. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't blame him for you know taking the time that he did. He needed missed half the season. Wow. So uh, we're looking at. Um, then just look collectively at the four spot. Okay, we took care of we took care of the you know the four five spot versus the Bulls and the two spot versus the Spurs with MJ. Looking at that that three spot now, uh, I guess still maybe slight edge Spurs considering they could have you know Elliot was still Elliot. Uh, um, You're going they, slight edge Spurs over Scotty? Well, simply because they had they could have thrown waves. They they could have yeah the depth they had depth they could have thrown. Can I could see uh, Phil? Using Scotty to try to defend a, a TD to throw a body at him, and I think that would have been an issue for him. Hmm. I think you're. I think you're downplaying the talents of Tony Kukoc. <laughs> well, he, he's I mean, he's Kukoc coming up is, soon. 
Tony Kukoc was a ball player, man. If we're gonna go depth down that, yeah. Way. Well, but. I'm glad you you're segueing to the to the next topic because now let's go depth now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Spurs '99 team, this is where it gets a little tricky now. You have, you know, Jaron Jackson, uh, Jerome Kersey, Malik Rose, Will Purdue. And you had the Tossins, you know, like your Gerard Kings, Andrew Gaze, and Brandon Williams. Right. Um, but, but you look at the uh, Bulls' depth in that last hurrah that they had. Well, they they had some pretty good guys on that roster. Um, Steve Kerr, which we gave to the Bulls. Joe Klein, uh, Tony Kukoc, I think that's the big issue for the Spurs right there. Uh, Luke Longley, uh, I think we could Judd stop Bushler. right there. Judd, Judd Bushler, Bushler, yeah. That was a name. Bushler. Yeah. You were I, very, I, baby. Uh, I think would be a pro- would have been a problem for the Spurs. Yeah, I, I think I think at that point you go bench advantage uh, Bulls, mainly yeah. for Tony Kukoc at that point because – could you wow, could you imagine Tony Kukoc in today's game? Oh my goodness, Case. Uh, that yeah, I, I mean Tony 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 Kukoc was 15 years before his time, man. Luka, Luka Doncic before Luka Doncic. Honestly? Yeah. I mean, you could you could arguably make the case that Tony Kukoc in today's game would have been man, I don't want to say Luka, because that's I mean Luka's a freaking manager. But but would have been one would have been how about this Tony Kukoc in today's game a top 15 player in the league mm-hmm. oh for sure right for sure yeah I mean he was that that was the only thing he was about 15 years ahead of his time Tony Kukoc was and he still turned out a fantastic career but it's great to think what it could have been you know present day that's yeah, pretty I mean, cool. that- yeah, he he would have really thrived in today's NBA, but that would have been a big issue for the Spurs. Uh, Kukoc would have been a, a a handful. Let's put it that way. Now, mm-hmm. considering uh, you, you know the Spurs and the Bulls, the and these two squads, it was still late nineties already, so there's it was still there was some still physicality allowed. Still, I think that would have mm-hmm. played a big edge uh, for the Spurs simply because I could see Kersey trying to give him some little extra mustard uh, coming down that lane, or a guy like right. Ellie being a little rough and tumble with them. Uh, but and Malik Rose, another big body. But uh, that depth, man. Um, and, uh, you know, th- if there's one guy on that 99 roster that I need to see step up versus the Bulls, I'm going to go AD, Antonio Daniels. I need to see him be more than what he gave um, in the series versus the Knicks. I, I would have needed to see a lot from him. Your thoughts? Yeah, no. Uh, that's, 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 yeah. Guys like that, you would have needed to see more from uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Daniels. You know, Malik Rose, Jaron Jackson, yeah, yeah, Jaron Jackson, Malik Rose. You know, he's, he wasn't the player that he uh, grew to be a little bit later on in his career. But it's a lot of those guys, trial by fire, yeah, thrown in there. You're going to have to bang around with them because you know that. Well, you're probably going to have a lot of the physicality that both of those two teams played mm-hmm. with, that that Dennis Rodman played with, Luke mm-hmm. Longley. There's a good chance that foul trouble you're going to see it. Malik Rose potentially getting work in there just like mm-hmm. that. I think, you know, Antonio Daniels, though, that that's probably the, you know, it's so cliche. I hate to say X factor, but I'm, I'm not bright enough to think of another term at the moment. The X factor, <laughs> the, the X factor in, in that type of series, uh, man, you know, and I'm just looking at this roster. This would this would have been close. It would have been close. This, this would have been close. You know, it, it's so easy 
it's so easy to say the Bulls because that's what we do forever. Right. And my initial reaction and even leading up to this segment, to this podcast that we're doing today is was still oh, Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a nice, the Spurs 99. Nice story. But this is the Bulls we're talking about. Yeah. But talking out loud more and more about it and just thinking just thinking about schematically how things would have matched up and what potentially could have been taken away parts taken away of mike's game with duncan and robinson having that flexibility to Mm -hmm. step out and then have their backside covered with the other standing there to mess up that mid-range game i mean i don't know if i'm gonna bite i don't know if i'm gonna bite but it's close it's close. I mean, we got uh, what, like 10, 15 minutes left on the podcast. Maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, maybe we should be this part one, then part two. We 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 need three days to think about this. But yeah. um, and then we'll wait no. till the series is done airing on ESPN. Yeah, and then it'll exactly. Into our minds, and we'll be like, ah, come on, ain't no way. Ain't yeah, no way oh, the the Bulls. the Bulls are mentally broke, broken. We the Spurs could have taken advantage of that. You know, but hey, you never uh, know though. Hey, listen, that, I mean, that could have been another element of it too. I mean, yeah. Let, let's be honest. The, you see it all the time. 304 Lakers, if they're not a total dumpster fire behind the scenes, they're yep. beating they're beating the Pistons in five games. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. You know, hey, I, I mean, it's it, it, it since we're we're playing all these hypotheticals. If the 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 Phil Jackson Jerry Krause feuding, all the tension that at least this ESPN series makes it or had been teasing for everything to be. Say that had been heightened to the next level and maybe there more, was more of a fracture and a divide uh, yeah. that continued past the 97-98 season into 98-99. Then you could really have the argument and a legitimate argument and say, you know what, this Bulls team, the back end of the career, no breakups are good and they're going through their breakup. It's a mess. The Spurs going to sneak in and take a title out of it. That's yeah. a legitimate argument. That, that's a legitimate conversation itself. If you're going to break down every single angle, I think that's an angle, that an argument that you can yeah. throw out there. Yeah. We, well, the, as Casey just said right now, the uh, docuseries teases a lot of internal struggles. And yeah, that could have been something the Spurs could have used in their advantage. And just really, you know, but I, I just, I see Pop not going there, though. You know, that whole win with class, lose with class kind of thing. But I can say this much: I'm if I'm an assistant coach, I'm telling Mario Eli and Kersey, "Hey, do you hear what I'm hearing about this stuff? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Go out yeah. there to use that." But, yeah. um, but it is close, and y- you know, I know we're gonna take a, our next break, uh, which we're you know kind of deliberating, give a final judgment here. But I'm saying it goes the distance, though. I'm saying it goes seven games. I'll say it goes seven games. Yeah, we have right. a break. You know, we'll, we'll 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 do we'll do the break here, and on the yeah. outside of it, I'll call make up my mind. <laughs> see, you see, what we see how I need Casey on this one because it was his idea, and he helps me keep on track here. What a perfect way to take a break, then to say why we think it could be seven games Spurs or seven games Bulls favorite. back and i'm joined by casey Vieira, a sports reporter in san antonio you can follow him on twitter at take it away case c-a-s-e-y underscore Vieira. v-i-e-r-a v-i-e-r-a man it's a long day i forgot how to spell quarantine's got me all over the place 
place. Jeez. I think it got everything. Did I spell my name right? You know how to spell my name. C-A-S-E-Y underscore V-I-E-R-A. That's it. At Casey Vieira. Oh, at underscore Casey Vieira. Well, there good. we go. Good job. good job. There we go. Get me out, get me out of the damn house, man. <laughs> All right. Enough of this. Uh, find, the, find the cure. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get to it now. We both feel that this series would have gone seven games, would have gone the distance. Um, before we, we give our reasons why and who and who gets the nod, uh, one more fate factor. Who ha- do they believe in home court advantage? If it was Bulls' favor or Spurs' favor? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's definitely a factor in my mind, especially for uh, what was essentially a young team to many, mm-hmm. many degrees for the Spurs. You know, there, there were. Tim, obviously the youngest, mm-hmm. the young, but but also young from a standpoint of uh, not being in that limelight, not not being in in that that spotlight, that championship spotlight. Any of those? Well, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Eli, but with the exception of him, I don't think anyone else on that roster did. Uh, that yeah, time. I mean, Kersey, he was already Kersey. past his prime. Kersey, yeah. Uh, Robinson was still still serviceable. He was still good. Yeah, he wasn't but, but bad. In of, yeah, but in terms of finals experience, that's what I'm. Oh, finals at. experience. I'm sorry. Um, no, you know, Ellie, uh, Kersey. Yeah, Kersey went to the finals with the Blazers uh, before jumping ship with the Spurs. Was, was he Seattle? Was was he? No, I don't think he was on the Seattle team. No, bad. no, he wasn't. And and he was gone from Portland. He he had like yes. a bunch of teams. And it was like the the Warriors and Lake and Bucks was or Bucks. Yeah, was he, he, he he bounced around a lot until he, he found. Yeah, I don't think he was on the the team the the Sonics team that played. No, was. I don't I don't think he was. Uh, Will Purdue obviously he had plenty of, of course, championship true. experience. Yeah, true. Uh, true. And point, he was being, his... point being though, there there was not a whole lot of finals experience uh, in that Spurs. Uh, mm-hmm. locker room side and i do think having that home court would have been uh, a significant factor especially if it was going san antonio's way without a doubt yeah yeah exactly all right so uh seven games um who are you giving the edge to <sighs> bulls tough bulls. I, you know what Woo. uh it, both both ways both ways i i think uh Regardless of home uh, of home court advantage, where it is, whether it's in San Antonio, whether it's in mm-hmm. Chicago, I just have a hard time betting against Mike. Yeah, until you know, one of those things, until proven otherwise, can't go against it. I do think it, I I think it goes seven though. I do think it goes seven. I I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it does go seven, as I mentioned. But I'm going to go Spurs. Okay. Um, I think Spurs I like winning seven. Yeah, why? Uh, I think. The Twin Towers would just be too much. I think that would have been too much uh, for the Bulls to handle. Um, those are two think, guys, uh, Hall of Famers, obviously. Uh, the defense yeah. that they, those two guys brought, that presence in the middle. Robinson um, was still, he has, still had a little quickness still left in him. He wasn't the, the, the MVP Robinson, but he still had a little stuff in his uh, tank left. I think TD just is just the X factor in all this. What he could have done, he could have just devastated the uh, the Bulls. I, you throw Wennington, throw Pip, if we want to do a double team, throw whatever. You know, he, he would have found a way to get buckets. And he did not have that outward killer instinct, but boy, did he have it internally. And I think he would have willed himself to play the best ever in his career up until we saw in the early 2000s. But I, it, I think that challenge would have brought out even more of the greatness of Tim Duncan. 
That was certainly, if it's the best team, I, I mean, that the Bulls would have ever played is maybe, I don't, I don't know. It's so tough. You, you think about yeah, it. I know. It is. You look at all the teams. I mean, hell, even the, the Sun, the Suns teams, you know, with Barkley and KJ and uh, Thunder Dan and then the Gary Payton teams and, you know, the, of, of course, Utah. I mean, the, the Stockton Malones and all, mm-hmm. all generational pairing. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if that could have, if, if the Spurs would have been, and I know you're going to say, because well, you picked them, so you, you probably yeah. said it would have been the best team that the Bulls they have the Bulls ever faced, but pro at, at least would have posed the biggest challenge. Something, yeah. something that might, something that they had never faced. Something that something that the Bulls had never faced. They, you know, it's it's uh, they didn't they didn't the, their paths didn't cross paths. Uh, they didn't cross paths with Hakeem those two years with Mike no. out. You know, that probably would have been in that conversation. Uh, just having that post presence there. <sighs> I think mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the best just from the pure uniqueness of the way that Spurs team was constructed, I think that's probably the best team, or at least the one that would pose the biggest challenge that the nine that the championship Bulls would have ever right. faced. I yeah, think so. Uh, I think so. But we, you know what? You know, we got to have one detractor, one naysayer. Um, Todd Frazier, New Jersey guy. What, he's from your <laughs> neck of the woods, of course. Of course, of course he would he's be. A Jersey guy. Of course, he had one. Jersey, listen, us Jersey guys stick together. Well, maybe you didn't want us to stick together in this one. He said, "No, uh, Todd, no, Todd Frazier, Obviously, for those who don't know, he's an MLB guy. Um, where he is picked, he? I think he's on the White Sox. I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, Rangers, Rangers. That's where he is. Did, Rangers. Did he play for the Sox though? He, I thought yeah, he did. He was. Yeah, he was on the White Sox. Uh, spent time with the Yankees and the Mets back to back years too. That's where he's past two years. Well, um, MLBer Todd Frazier jumped into the conversation leading up to this episode of Lockdown Spurs, and he told me that Dennis Rodman would have been the uh, canceling factor that would have just took TD out, and the Bulls still would have uh, beaten the uh, Spurs easily. I believe that's what he said, or it would have been like next. He said like it would have been easy for the Bulls simply because of Rodman. I disagree it's, with Frazier. It's it, it it it's wild because a lot of this just depends on on how Duncan. A lot of that's just Duncan's psyche at that point. How does a twenty? I guess it would have been what twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim Duncan just a couple of years in the league handle that because he there was you know the on the, the entire trip to the, the the playoffs he didn't experience a a a being if you will we'll call Dennis Rodman a being anyone like that who could get in who could get into his head like that especially in the nba finals i mean patrick ewan was out there on the floor too and patrick ewan mm-hmm. patrick ewan but patrick ewan could have at least you know ruffled some feathers a little bit in that regard yeah. but man i mean i don't know i don't want to say i'm fully leaning with uh fraser over there but i do think a lot of this a lot of this would have just been how would a, a young Tim Duncan have handled handled this mentally, yeah. and I think a lot, you know, at the end of the day, I'm probably leaning more so that he would have all indications, of course, being that he would have handled the right way. But I think the Robinson factor, though, too, 
Yeah, I think, I think, I think yeah. you know, if Timmy's out there on an island and he's doing this by himself and he's doing this with, uh, I don't know, Malik, the, that, that roster next to him, mm-hmm. Malik Rose, Malik Rose yeah. out there, and he's the other guy in the front court. I'm not, you know, Rodman's going to chew that guy. He's yeah. going to get, or, or, or even if Purdue was out there, or even Purdue, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Rodman's going to, Tim, Timmy starts off a game one of five at that point. And Rodman's out there chirping and banging him around. I I would not be surprised if if yeah, Jimmy yeah. was shut down because yeah, and, that just kind of comes with the territory of being a second year guy facing a juggernaut mm-hmm. that was the Bulls. Yeah, but so I think and, and then, speaks to to uh, D Rob too. Yeah, and then uh, Rodman was undersized. You know, he played well above his height. That's for sure with the mm-hmm. rebounding machine that he was. But he was undersized. I think uh, Duncan really would have taken advantage of that, or Robinson would have taken advantage of that. Uh, but don't mind, like you mentioned before, Phil probably would have thrown a uh, worm at uh, TD. And I, I, yeah, I see why he would have. So even with that, well, I think TD would, would have been just chomping at the bit. Yeah. But now I'm trying to think of the other side of the spectrum. What if, what if Phil felt more as if it was he knows what he's going to get out of Robinson, doesn't know what he's going to get out of Duncan? So maybe he puts Robinson, uh, Rodman on, on Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, you that know? that would have been great. I mean, either way, the matchup, that front court versus that back court would have been just amazing, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah, mean, just I, that alone. Does, does Duncan, does he side with the NWO? If, uh, <laughs> like, like Carl Malone did? If they, right, they exactly. The finals? Uh-huh. Hey, but look, there's a reason why B.J. Armstrong brought up two Hall of Fame bigs when he's thinking about the Bulls teams that he was on, you know, he brought up Dream and Duncan. So he knows something. I think he fully aware that bigs like that, skilled bigs, would have just really caused issues. So if if, if Armstrong, who was with Jordan and played with him and won titles and saying, hey, there were two guys out there that we avoided, Dream and Mr. Fundamental. They think, he's looking at that, those two guys saying, okay, that would have been a problem. I think yeah. there's something there. So, you know, and I think this is honestly going to be kind of a recurring trend that we're going to see with this series out there over the next few months. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that I think you're going to see a lot of kind of stories just kind of shift out there, just kind of sneak out to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? One time Mike said this to me behind the scenes or or Scotty said this about Mike to me in the locker room. And you're going to have a lot of a lot of those stories popping up here and there and here and there. I think B.J. Armstrong, what he said. I think that's probably just the beginning of what's come. We're going to see a land. And mind you, it's not like it's overly offensive or egregious what yeah. BJ Strong said. But point being, though, I think you're going to hear a lot more stories like that uh, in the coming months, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great uh, docuseries that started yesterday by the time we're listening to this episode of Locked On Spurs. And it's supposed to reveal much. And get this too, KC. I don't want to take much too much of your time. But did you know, and I'm pretty sure you knew this, ESPN is airing two versions of it. There's the uh, censored yeah, and clean uncensored. and the dirty. Yeah, yeah, there's the clean and the dirty. There's the clean yeah. one is going to be on ESPN, and the dirty is going to be on ESPN too. I, I or something like that. Just in other words, PSA those who have kids: be careful which ESPN you pick if you're going to show right. your kids. Because one of them is going to be really unfiltered. It, it's kind of like when we were kids, how you go to wherever. You, I'm trying to think of a record store. Sam Goody. Sam yeah. Goody, and, and you're trying to pick up the Eminem CD, but you had to do it when yeah. it wasn't there <laughs> because you don't want to get stuck with the clean version. 
but then yeah. you, pick, you pick up the dirty version and then your parents find out and then you get in trouble for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, exactly. been there. That's been what... down that road. It's exactly. Like the Jordan documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, whew. hopefully we'll get to see some good stuff from that series. And hey, what could have been? They were just a year, one season apart from each other. Uh, they stuck around. It, it would have been one heck of a series. Uh, Casey, I give you a little time now to think about your Twitter handle. Uh, one more time. Do you, you got it down, Pat, now? Yes. At <laughs> Casey, C-A-S-E-Y underscore Vieira, V-I-E-R-A. Find me on Twitter. Yes, please find him. He's a great follow. And, uh, yeah, with no sports going on, literally just no sports, um, what better way to keep, keep – yeah. To it, chat with somebody who does yeah. it for a living. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You just wonder when it's just going to end, man. I know. When, 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 when is this going to end? I don't know. I'm tired, <laughs> tired. Like the horse challenge. I'm supposed to be entertained by Mike Conley playing horse with Zach Levine or whoever it was. Oh, that was I, horrible. I mean, Sean, like, listen, I, 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 I respect ESPN for trying to pull this off, man, because they're, they're shaking their heads just to, like, just like us, but man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I know, it, I know it's, you like the esport. I know you like the esports. Uh, I do. You can follow it a little bit better than I can, but the two K tournament, I'm like, oh, lord. Well, even even I struggle with that because they didn't do it the right way. Uh, there yeah. there would have been a better way to jazz it up, and they, it looked like they just simply just hooked up skype cameras and said play um that's yeah. not how you do it uh the 2k league but you know it's a sad time maybe well not maybe not sad maybe it's a good time for me and the nerd part of me that mm. i was excited because on saturday this past saturday espn2 aired the 2019 tetris world championship so i was very excited for that ah, very nice <laughs> Put the cubes down and get that Tetris. That's what I kept on yelling <laughs> at the screen. <laughs> but uh, all kidding aside, um, yeah, we want to hear what you have to say about 99 Spurs versus uh, 98 Bulls. What could have been? What? Are, how do you think it would have gone down? Casey told you how you can tell him your thoughts. Now it's my turn. Uh, first of all, follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Go to the Spurs Zone, News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Uh, there's plenty to talk about, including the last episode of Lockdown Spurs with Casey and myself discussing LMA and Lamarcus Aldridge and his future with the Spurs, as well as uh, some stuff about Patty Mills. And yeah, what did Adam Silver have to say about the NBA season still on hold? It's all there at the Spurs Zone. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you find your favorite podcast. But for Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Lockdown Spurs.